What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. I'm Matt Miller. And I'm Hannah Elliott. And this is Hot Pursuit. All right, today on the show, as it is uh, nearly the end of the year, we decided to do our winners and losers for 2023. We both put together uh, kind of lists. I think they're slightly different in in form, but that's good. How do you want to do this, Hannah? You should say your winners and I say my winners, and then you say your losers and I say my losers. So the one winner that I kind of just thought about today when I was driving over here is South Korean automotive conglomerate mm. that I think has made such an impact on at least American consumers in 2023 that it's notable. And that is Hyundai and Kia. Ooh. I'm not sure exactly how they're connected. I know that Hyundai owns like a 33% stake in Kia and Kia owns various stakes in Hyundai subsidiaries. But suffice it to say they're a group, mm-hmm. right? So And Genesis. Don't forget Yeah, and Genesis. and they have Genesis too. The That's a Hyundai sure. um, subsidiary mark. in which Kia has a stake. But yes. so, you know, I just heard about the hype surrounding the Telluride last year and uh this year it's just like finally people have started to be able to buy them because the wait list was almost a year last year. Plus, there is the EV6, which Kia makes. I always confuse. One makes the EV6, I think, and the other one makes the Ionic 5. Yes, right? yes. Um, those are the two hot hatch like electric <laughs> vehicles that are just, I mean, amazing. I've yeah. driven the Kia version. I prefer the look of the Hyundai version. They're mechanically the same under the skin. They're awesome. Yeah. Especially for the price. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can get in at like 45 grand and have an amazing, super fast time. The GT, I wish it had wider wheels. There are things I would change, but it's so fast that it made a friend of mine throw up. Do you think, okay, that's <laughs> impressive. Do you think that the interiors stand up better than like big three type vehicles on the same level in I, terms of quality? Um, well, I don't know in terms of quality. Uh, I, I'm admittedly spoiled, and I, I like higher price cars, yeah. um, both to drive and to buy. Nice things. But I think, you know, at that price point, I mean, the interior seemed awesome to me. It's not too much. Yeah. It's not a luxury car, and that's not what you expect of it. But they, I think the layouts were uh, elegant, and I never had a problem figuring out how to use them. Plus, they have the EV9 coming out, which I think mm-hmm. is universally accepted as the best three-row EV that you're going to be able to buy. Yes. In I any price point. Drove it, loved it. Was really you surprised. Drove it, so. I drove it, shockingly, yeah. Because we don't even we don't typically cover uh, Kia and Hyundai on pursuits. They're reaching on price, right? They this really are. 65 grand, I think. Yes, yeah. and they, they did say, hey, look, we're going to kind of shoot for Rivian. We're going to kind of shoot for Volvo. Um, maybe some Land Rover crossover. So they are making no bones about the fact that um, they're they're ready to to fight a little bit for consumers. Yeah, I, and I I was really pleasantly surprised. I thought it was great. Well, and the the logo change that Kia did wasn't this <laughs> year, but I think 
All of these things combined just make it a huge 2023 winner. The logo, I think, allows the brand to be more aspirational than it was. Mm -hmm. I you know, agree. Because it was an eco logo. And now it's super cool. It's like nine inch nails. I know I've yes. said that before, but I can't unsee it. But it's true. It That is a case of, you know, sometimes logo rebrands don't go very well. But this one, I think, was great right and you mentioned genesis like i that's they make head turning cars i know just yesterday at the Shoprite parking lot i saw a green and i love any car maker that puts out a green um genesis suv and i just turned around like what's that yeah yeah cool and everybody tells me that in korea that is really the status symbol car and I don't think that's going to change. I think that's only going to increase. And their quality has increased. I mean, yeah. um, the cars are fun to drive. They're affordable. The prices are rising, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But, you know, they're still fairly affordable considering the, the the market. So I just think Hyundai Kia is a, just a huge winner in 2023. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay, my, my top winner is not going to be a surprise to anyone. It's Ferrari. Everybody wants to be Ferrari. Um of course, you know, they they are sold out until 2025. They've got wildly high margins. They've got resilient demand. They are doing pretty well in, in this economy, you know, where some automakers like Mercedes and BMW are really susceptible to high interest rates and that sort of thing. Ferrari skims the top of that. They're kind of like Hermes. A lot of the analysis that I read from our intelligence side here at Bloomberg compares Ferrari to Hermes and other a couple other high fashion brands like Brunello Cuccinelli just because of the fact that they're they're yep. really hard to get their um, owners are not just affluent but truly wealthy you know they've raised sales guidance twice this year you know every analyst report says that every other automaker especially Porsche you know people are targeting Ferrari and they're actually not even close it's just in a league of its own I want to talk about the Pro Sangua. I was just going to say. So what? I mean, the thing is, all the things you said about Ferrari could be said almost every year, right? Yes, I mean, yes. But it's a huge winner in the stock market too. Yeah. I mean, this was a challenging year, and it didn't really touch Ferrari at all. But yeah. Well, I think the the one thing that Ferrari's done this year that's the most notable mm -hmm. that even non gearheads would know is they put out that. <laughs> Now, SUV. What? <laughs> now, now, first, Matt, I have to ask: Have you driven it? I have not driven no, it. No. So, so what? What's the problem? I, no, I have. So I've neither driven it nor have I seen it in real life. <laughs> oh gosh! I've only on. seen pictures of okay, it. Okay. All right. But the pictures I have seen, it is horrendous. Let me ask you this: Do you think that you come off better in person or a photograph? Definitely in person, and I, 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 that's why I make yeah. that caveat. That's why I make it a caveat. Also, uh, you've driven it, so you're going to have a better idea of it. And the specs alone, you know, Lamborghini put out an SUV that really looks oh. cool, oh. but it's a disappointing powertrain. If I'm going to be honest, the Urus. Yeah, you're kidding you, me. No, you get the oh, same powertrain in a Porsche or an Audi. Uh, we haven't discussed this. I'm a big Urus fan. I thought it was fabulous so fun and really captured the look unlike i would agree with you the pro sangua doesn't look great in the photographs that have been circulated i do agree with you in that but in person it looks a bit a bit better but i will say lamborghini did beat it on that point that i think the urus really captured the lamborghini ethos better than ferrari look, was I able to do love the urus i've driven it a bunch 
in Italy, in Germany, so and, in, and here in New York. Yeah. I think it's the interior is sweet. Yeah. All of that is great. Awesome. But guess what? I could say the same thing about a Cayenne. A Cayenne Turbo. You would be this amazing. excited. You'd be that excited about no, it. No, no, but mean. here's the thing. If we're going to talk about cars that I can't now afford and probably never will be able to afford anyway, it's kind of, we're talking about these myths, right? And to me, there has to be something extra about a Ferrari and a Lamborghini. Mm. A Cayenne and Audi using the same powertrain, it takes a little away mm-hmm. for me of mm-hmm. the Urus and Lamborghini. will say, well, we've made it our own. Fine. Mm-hmm. The point is, it's a turbocharged V8. Now, mm-hmm. give me at least a 10 like mm-hmm. a Huracan, mm-hmm. or a 12, like Ferrari's done. So I applaud them for at least doing that. You know, we'll see next year how sales go. I I don't disagree with you. The f- it doesn't photograph great, but in person... You've seen you know, the meme. Yeah, of course. It looks so much like the Mazda MX-30 <laughs> I was from the side. Say, I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> it does. But honestly, having driven it and photographed it extensively in person, it does look better in person. And it is fun to drive. So, All right. So yeah. I look forward to checking Great. it out. And, Great. Uh, it's cool no matter what. <laughs> anyway, uh, I have a winner that you previously would have disagreed with me on, but I think I'm winning you over. And I think the oh. American buying public is is... Uh, being one over as well. Hybrids. Oh, I've boy. loved hybrids since the i3 and the i8 of BMW. They came with range extenders. They were electric cars that came with range extenders. I still love both of those cars, even the i3. It's so fun to drive in city. Hybrids are now the big winner. And I think linked to this is also Toyota. Okay. Toyota has to be a huge winner here because all of these bleeding heart liberal news oh, organizations were go. writing hand-wringing stories about how Toyota has lost <laughs> because they haven't invested enough in EVs, right? The New York mm. Times wrote a piece like that in September. I think we wrote a piece like that too. Mm. But the truth is, electric vehicles, as we know from last week, are sitting on the lot for more than 50 days before they sell. Mm. ICE vehicles are sitting on the lot for 40 days before they sell. Hybrids only take 18 days to disappear. Consumers are snapping them up, and big companies like Ford have, who were making these full-on like Sierra Club pushes into EVs, have now said, "Well, you know what? That's maybe not such a great idea. <laughs> it's going to cost us four and a half billion dollars this year." And losses are saying we're going to we're going to tilt towards hybrids. Mm. I think that is a pr- pragmatic of Ford, uh, b the smart move because I feel like hybrids are a winner for the consumer, and c Toyota. Turns out looking pretty smart in the end. Yeah, you're right about that. Here's my question. Do you actually think people charge the battery of their hybrid? I know you do. But my whole thing is like, if you're Well, they not... don't have to be pl- all plug-in hybrids. Okay, so you're talking mild hybrid and plug-in. Mild hybrids are huge yeah. winners as well. Okay. I mean, they're okay. much bigger winners. In fact, the CEO, <laughs> I think it's the CEO of BMW North America, was telling me, like, it's not about... The plug-in hybrid, Mm -hmm. Mm because it's not about the plug. For consumers who don't want full EVs, they don't want to mess with that. No, They don't want to install something new in the garage. They don't want to figure out how to, you know, they don't want to wait in line at a charging station. They're just, the mild hybrid is enough, because you still are going to get, I mean, what do you get on a Prius in terms of miles per gallon? 80? Yeah, something crazy, 78, 80. I do think you're totally right. You know, we keep thinking maybe people will be a little altruistic or whatever. But I think there's been no movement at all in consumer 
readiness to inconvenience themselves when it comes to electric vehicles. Yeah. If it is at all inconvenient, they don't want it. They don't have the time. They don't have the energy. They don't have the patience. You know, it's got to be exactly a one-to-one switch or they don't want it. By the way, according to uh, topspeed.com, the 2023 <laughs> Toyota Prius gets 57 miles oh, per 57. gallon combined. Okay. But that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I drive cars that get combined. 13. Okay. Um, another winner, I'm going to say Rolls-Royce. Um, mostly because they are this stayed strong and steady brand. This is the year that they first brought out their first electric car, the $500,000 Spectre. Spectre is such a great name. It's an awesome name. It's like a James Bond movie. Um, I've driven it. I liked it. Oh, really? I didn't know you'd driven it. Oh, I went to Cape Town to drive it. Oh my oh, yeah. goodness! I would uh, give yeah. my right arm to drive it because oh, I'm left-handed, it, <laughs> and, I, it, and because know, I'm sure it's an automatic. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it's more Rolls Royce than Rolls Royce. That's what I would say. Like Rolls Royce is the brand that makes itself all about smooth, silent ride, like a ghost. Well, the Spectre, being electric, is exactly that. You know, if there's any application for electric um, propulsion, it kind of I can see it in Rolls-Royce. And actually, Rolls-Royce, the executives at Rolls-Royce had said 100 years ago that ultimately they believed their vehicles would go electric. And that's 100 years ago. So, um, yeah, Spectre, big fan. Rolls-Royce also this year brought out their $30 million drop tail. We touched on it a, a week or two ago. You know, this business where they make literally Wait, one off. $30 million dollar yes, car. Rolls-Royce. And I think uh, Jay-Z bought it or no, Beyonce? No, no, mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. They won't. They they. Oh, they the, don't tell. The, no, the the publicist sort of started a whispering campaign about that, but that's not accurate. So these these multi multi million dollar one off bespoke creations that are basically designed from the ground up by ultra wealthy um, families is a really big business for Rolls Royce, and they're doing multiple of them a year. Yep. Um, so that's really good. Their CEO, Torsten muller Otvos just announced his retirement after 14 years. He really brought the company um, from the dark ages into now the world of EVs. He he arrived before Ghost, yeah. before Cullinan, really modernized the company. And then just the fact that their order books are full for years to come. You know, they hired, they hired more than 100 people in 2022 to basically help fill out their order books making these cars. Um, they're just so strong and solid. And, you know, while the while we see so much volatility, the people who are buying Rolls Royces are not affected. I mean, I don't I don't disagree. It's one of my favorite brands of all time. You know, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite cars of all time mm. is the Ghost. Mm. I drove it first, drove it in 2010 with Torsten. Amazing. And that was just around the island of Manhattan. But I already knew, like, this is yeah. the greatest luxury car. Yes. Uh, it's another one of those brands I probably will never be able to afford in my lifetime to buy my own new one. I mean, I was going to say, you know, you can get an older one for pretty cheap these days. <laughs> I know days. somebody who has one. <laughs> um, and... I am dying to drive the Spectre because yeah. I've read so many car magazine, you know, that uh, UK um, car magazine that's just called Car. Uh, oh, they, yeah, sure. They, they listed as, I think, the best electric car money can buy, like if money's yeah, no option. Of and obviously, sure. because it is clearly the pinnacle of luxury, Rolls Royce, and electric totally makes sense. Yes. Because what you want in that kind of car is boatloads of torque. Yes. And you want no sound, frankly. Exactly. It, that's exactly right. Yeah, big fan. 
Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Steeple and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Steeple's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Steeple last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. All right, my final third winner is Tesla, which almost pains me to say because I'm annoyed by the company for so many reasons. Oh, wow. Um, And I think the design is like long in the tooth. I think the interiors are too Spartan. Mm. Um, Mm. uh, Elon Musk, he like bought Twitter, which doesn't seem terribly intelligent to me, but... Um, for, especially not for $44 billion, but the stock has crushed it. I mean, crushed it. I I wanted to buy Tesla when I first heard about the brand and they were coming to market and Jason Harper gave me a ride in um, the Roadster, mm. which mm. I thought- oh, wow. Which was I thought was so awesome. Wow. You know, I had never driven- day. I'd never driven an electric car before and- Oh, that was your first? Yeah. Wow. And- uh, I can't even remember if I was. No, I think he let me like drive it around a parking lot. Mainly Jason drove me up to Bear Mountain. (laughs) We barely made it back. Um, I thought, man, I want to buy these shares. I couldn't. I can't buy shares because I'm an anchor on Bloomberg TV. A Bloomberg journalist can't um, do that. We do. I I would would have to disclose it. It would be a pain and it really wouldn't work for a journalist. But if I had, I would be so loaded. And the shares Mm. are up again this year, more than double. And we're not even at the end of the year yet. It's an $820 billion company, which is like if you put Ford together with GM and then multiplied them by eight, yeah, they'd still be smaller. I mean, Mm -hmm. even with the silliness that the Cybertruck is, it's a colossus. Tesla is a colossus. Yeah, I just can't get excited about the cars. That's I know. that's too bad. I mean, oh yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I'm just I have I have two on my list that are like from the investment. Yeah, perspective. I was going to say that's like an on paper assessment. Yeah. And I'll get to the other one, uh, but you have your last winner. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I think consumers won this year. I mean, we have. This is the first year we have like dozens of EVs to choose from. 
every automaker, every luxury automaker is all about customization and making the car your own and offering more options and more packages for details. And I just think consumers have more choices than ever. Cars are safer than ever. There are more opportunities to customize and make the car feel like your own. I mean, it's basically seamless now between your house, your phone, and your car. These are all huge wins. And this is a great time to be a consumer because you can you can get kind of whatever you want. I get what you're saying. Oh, no. <laughs> I disagree on a couple levels. Number okay. one, affordability is like out of control. Like un- unaffordability. Well, I didn't say I didn't say cars were affordable. No, I know. But consumers okay. like what can you buy? Right. If you're a regular person. In, Kia. in terms of, in terms of Kia. new cars, even a Kia is a reach in terms of new cars for the average American. Sure. Right. I mean, sure. When I was, for example, I drove the Nissan Araya um, recently. I thought, man, this is a sweet car. And I went to configure one and I was already mm-hmm. got over $60,000. Yeah. And the, I mean, the F-150 Lightning, I haven't driven yet. Actually, it's one of my losers, which I'll get to yeah. in a second. But it's so expensive that I don't think it would be the kind of choice my wife would approve. You know, I yeah. mean, they're just out of control expensive. And it annoys me that they're moving away from <laughs> the cars of my youth you know there's no more muscle those are yes. all dead v8s are like <laughs> practically illegal you know i mean ford started moving away from the v8s long ago and it's just been heartbreaking for me when they took it out of the raptor and now it's an eco boost that's yeah. that's like tear jerking you know this might be a little controversial but all of your points that you're just saying kind of support this philosophy that I personally have, which is I don't buy new cars, you yes, know, the, like the bigger the bigger picture here is if you want to help save the world for for me, in my mind, don't buy new stuff. I think don't you be keep more right. consuming. Use what already exists, you know, and that I'm a, such a big believer in like use what's already out there. Don't buy. Don't create a need for people to manufacture more stuff. No, you're you're 100% right. I agree and uh and I aim to stop buying new cars. <laughs> I really do. In fact, my last car that I bought new was the Dodge Challenger, which is like mm-hmm. actually 13 or 14 yeah. years old, right? That, like that's, I mean, it's almost vintage by now. <laughs> I know, and it's a few I, more years. I, but I wanted all the options that I wanted. Um <laughs> no, it's 100% true. And there are a lot of cars Porsche, for example, I mean, yeah, I'd love to have an ST. Yeah, me too. But I, wouldn't we all? I can't afford that, right? Yeah. And I wouldn't really want a base 911 right now. They're amazing. Oh, interesting, really. Uh, why? why? I could buy, Is that an ego Because I could buy a 991 or I could buy yeah. a, 99, a 964. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for You'd, less money, I could buy a great condition 964. You'd rather get an older one than a brand new. Yeah. And get a have, better one. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. Then you have a... I get it. Air-cooled motor. You have, uh, you know, an old stick. Um, you have the classic, classic look. I mean, I love yeah. the look of the new ones, and they're oh, and they're amazing. I drove too. the Carrera T, yeah, and I, I fell in love. So cool. But I could, for less money, I could get a sweet old one, and that's even a better kind of keepsake. Porsche, by the way, kicks off my list of losers. Oh, oh wow, 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 wow. This let is me, another investment let me take a seat. <laughs> based investment based. In, I mean, I don't know if it's fair, but. The shares are losing. They're down 14% in 2023, which is stocks are on fire. Every other major car maker in the Western world, right? And in Asia. I'm not sure about Chinese uh, publicly traded (laughs) Well, it's tough to know. If I look at Toyota, if I look at 
Renault, if I look at Honda, if I look at BMW, um, Mercedes, Volkswagen, former owner. Nice accent. If I look at, uh, you know, Ford, General Motors, Stellantis, crushing it, right? Second biggest winner. Uh, uh, If I look at any other major car maker, they're all up for the year. Porsche shares are down 15%. Why? Why? What happened? What are you seeing? I do not know. I think they just went out too expensive. So, you know, uh, Volkswagen did a great yeah. job of selling Porsche maybe at the exact right time. Yeah. They sold at the top. Yeah. And if you bought those shares, I mean, even if you got syndicate in the IPO, you're just yeah. you're just treading water. I know that has been a bit of a disappointment because, you know, they uh, they were thinking, "Hey, maybe we can close the gap with Ferrari." Back to my evergreen Ferrari is a winner and it's it's only widening. And I do think Porsche is more susceptible to some of these factors like interest rate, high interest rates than Ferrari buyers. Of course, for yeah. Because, and that hurts them, hurts uh, their margins. I mean, Ferrari has like 20% margins, yeah. right? Only Tesla can do that. Mm. Rolls Royce and Bentley have pretty healthy margins too. Like, yes, higher, higher but than they're that. owned, right? Yeah. Before Ferrari was spun out of uh, Fiat, Porsche was the most profitable car maker in the world. That was our Bloomberg News tagline. Mm-hmm. We'd write Porsche, the mm-hmm. most profitable car maker mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Then the whole Volkswagen fiasco happened. Mm-hmm. Then Tesla was invented and now Ferrari. But at the time, you know, their margins were the envy of everybody. And now they're they're good, but they're yeah. not. The last time I checked, they were still the most profitable brand at VW. And the 911, of course, has the highest margin at Porsche, which is not for nothing. But that's a real bold statement that you're going to put them on that list. But, you know. Well, I just... Maybe that's not fair. Just from an, I, I figured yeah. we should throw in one from an yeah. investment perspective since it's Bloomberg. Of course, you know. Yeah, no, obviously, that's good. I'm that's a good. Porsche fanboy. I mean, you don't need a disclaimer. I had a 911, I, and I loved it so much, and I wouldn't have sold it if I didn't have to. Try they to make ship car it back. seats for for. for no, no, you know why I sold it? I shipped. I bought my 911 here, and uh, it was like my dream car. I had finally achieved one of my number one dreams, and then I had had to move for work to Germany. Uh, okay, I paid to ship it over there. It was like four or five thousand mm. dollars, and I thank goodness I did that because driving my nine eleven on the autobahn for five years was worth it. Worth it. Yeah. But then they moved me back here to New York. You know, at the end of the pandemic, and the shipping costs had gone up fourfold. I called all around, and I was getting twenty thousand dollar quotes. Oh my gosh! I'm not. This is on a freighter. Seventy thousand dollar car back no. to America for you know it was a 2014 um, 991s. Loved it, but I'm not spending that much money to ship it back on a freighter. No. So no. I sold it there, and I did bought you a house did you instead. come up on the car selling it in Germany or no? I lost a little bit. Okay. I got it for I got it used in 2014 for 90 grand, which was a great deal. And then I sold it for like 70 in Germany. Okay. Well, in euros. Yeah. So maybe 75 grand. Sure. All right. Sorry for your loss. Yeah, I loved it. Someday <laughs> when the kids go to college, or graduate from college or sometime after that. What's your what's your loser? Um loser? the first one I'm going to say are just in general electric pickup trucks because This was something, at least, you know, for me that I was kind of watching for the past few years, like, oh, this would really make sense. The best-selling vehicle in America for the past four decades has been a truck. Um, It makes sense that, you know, you could put them in fleets, electrify them, but um, it has not panned out that way. Exactly, yeah. It has not panned out that way at all. I mean, like you mentioned, we've got a, 
EVs sitting on lots. Ford and GM have walked back targets for production and sales. And, you know, it's just they're kind of hedging everything now. The Cybertruck is like, what, years, four it, years late? The and they've truck, still only sold like they, 10? <laughs> they've delivered 10. Yeah. You know, um, Jim Farley saying he wants to focus on hybrids. It just. It's the first time that I'm like, oh, the the future here is uncertain with respect to the electric pickup truck. Now, I will say my second loser was the F-150 yeah. Lightning. So yeah. kind of the same thing. And for the same reasons. Ma- mainly because, you know, Ford's lost. They were going to lose $3 billion this year. Now they're going to lose $4.5 billion. Now maybe more on electric cars. They've cut their F-150 Lightning production in half. From 3,200 a week to 1,600 a week. Ouch. I thought they had like a waiting list, but I will uh, give the caveat that I have not driven the F-150 Lightning, nor have I driven any electric pickup. Have you? Yes, I've driven the Ford. And? I thought it was great. And because my buddy Paul Sweeney spent a week in the Lightning, and he loved it, and he's a BMW fanboy. So, and he likes an M5. He he likes the sports cars. And he was a fan. But he loved it. He never he didn't ever drive a pickup truck before in his life, you know. And uh, he I don't think he'd ever driven an electric vehicle either. So he spent a week with this, and he's you know charging it at his golf club, you know. But he said it was amazing. He loved it so much. Even the he had no range anxiety. He had yeah. no problem keeping it charged. Like he, he, he was a he was a convert. It was just too too expensive. Yeah, I think the expense is a huge thing. You know, like they put all of this effort into electrifying something that's really big and really heavy, and you kind of have to charge a lot to earn your money back. And I don't get the sense that the guys going out to the work sites every day in Los Angeles want an electric vehicle. What other loser have you got? Okay, so my next loser is Lucid. Um, Yeah, yeah, this has not been a good year for Lucid, which, you know, initially had such fanfare and such a glow about it as, you know, the second second coming of a a true Tesla competitor. You know, the top of the line air, Lucid Air has 1,234 horsepower. Yeah, but, you know, that's the only car they make. Yeah. And the problem is they can't increase factory output or hike prices because there isn't sufficient demand for the one car they make. Yeah. They're losing money on every car they sell. Um, they were initially valued at like $55 billion um, when the Saudis bought them, and now they're worth just over $5 billion. They're just They're not cash flow positive. They've laid off 18% of their workforce this year. Uh, you know They're not meeting production numbers as it is. It's just kind of a mess. Yeah. And, you know, I drove an air a couple years ago and the fabrication on it was not good. And I do tend to think products are very insightful about how a company is run, really. Because if if you I mean, if the product, which is what consumers see, is not in a good place, how is everything behind the scenes where consumers can't see it. It's yes. like the, this kitchen or the bathroom in a restaurant, you know? Especially, um, I mean, the top-of-the-line Lucid Air costs, I think, 250 it's, grand. Oh, I don't think it's... You think the top-of-the-line one? Costs 250 Oh, to grand. make. Sorry, I was going no, no, to say, not the price. No, the yeah. price. Yeah, no, no the, the price costs goes from to 75 make yes. to 250 yes, to buy. They're, they're losing yeah. money on everyone, <laughs> everyone they, they're, they They're sell. actually losing uh, more than $400,000 on each one. Um, well, if you if you average it out. I just saw a story on the Bloomberg highlighting that number. I yeah. think Joel Levington may have written it. He Joel's the, the best. Yeah, He's yeah. so smart. I love reading his stuff. Thanks, Joel, for... <laughs> 
for all the info. But uh, yeah, it's just it's so, just so a they mess. lose a ton. Uh, and it's to me, it's always been surprising because Alan Mulally, I think, was on the board um, mm. and was part of the whole uh move into the SPAC, Churchill 4 or whatever. Um, and he mm. is a hero, right? Mm. Alan Mulally turned around Ford. Mm. I mean, he was a winner at Boeing, then a winner at Ford. I mean, he's I think he was on the board of Google. He, he's like an automotive uh, or manufacturing uh, and selling genius. And they still, yeah, I can't believe they whiffed on that. No. Nope. I have Dodge and Chrysler oh, on boy. my list of losers. Oh, boy. Do tell. I'm just, I could have put also just muscle cars in general, because there's no more, pretty much no more American muscle car, really. Uh, I could have put big inch, naturally aspirated V8s, you know, because there's no more, this is the last year for the Challenger Charger, which had the 6.4 liter Hemi or the supercharged 6.2. Those are basically gone. You can still get the supercharged 6.2 and a TRX, but I think... Oh, and you can still get the 6.4 liter Hemi and a Jeep Grand Wagoneer. But those are different. You know, Ram and Jeep are a different story. They're mm-hmm. winners. Mm-hmm. Huge winners, in fact. Uh, Dodge and Chrysler, after this year, the only models that they make are the Chrysler Pacifica, you know, Dak Shepard's minivan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And They still make that? Yeah. Wow. Oh, no. And, oh, no, no. <laughs> and Dodge makes uh, the Hornet. Oh, which is pretty cool. But, you know, it's not the same as as a Challenger Hellcat or a Jeep Cherokee Trackhawk. I mean, those things are quite. Yeah. So these guys, if they don't turn it around and they have an amazing motor, by the way, the Hurricane 510, their new straight six is awesome. Like I drove it in the um, in the Grand Wagoneer and I thought it was a V8 for like three days before I looked at the. Let me ask you this. Do you think any anybody under the age of 30 cares? Probably not. And why not? Probably not. Well, the kids clearly don't like muscle cars. That's why the Camaro, this is, I think, the last year for the Camaro you know or, what? or next year. And anyway, the muscle, the, the Camaro and the Mustang were becoming sports cars, and the Mustang definitely is a sports car now. Mm-hmm. So there's no more, like, cheap, big displacement you know, rear-wheel drive, front-engine cars. Like I said, yeah. they only get 13 miles a gallon, you know, if you drive them right. Yeah. So that's probably you one know, of the re- big reasons. What else you got? Okay, so my last one uh, for today, the last loser, is Lotus. And this is sort of with a caveat that this could also be a one to watch for next year because I do think that they have some good product. You know, I drove the Amira. Um, that was a fun sports car. It's kind of like a Cayman. And then the Electre, their um, SUV. I haven't driven that yet, but I've seen that. I've seen some positive reviews. So this is kind of like maybe they have good products, but they only have like one and a half things that they're selling. Last year, they literally sold 180 cars in the United States, period. And yet they're opening, you know, all of these new retail sites. They just opened one in Mayfair. In I was going to say, where's the dealership network? But they yeah. so they do actually. They're, yeah, they've do, they opened one in in China, and they're they're just they're dropping money. They had they laid off like 200 people this year, so it's definitely not looking good. Um, but they keep saying they've got a lot of things in the pipeline. So this is my loser slash well, just 
keep your eye on it because who knows? It's they do fair have as China. a loser. Yeah, they're they're owned they're by Geely. Geely. I was just yeah. gonna say, so they've got some money. Yeah, but so they're maybe Chinese. we give them time. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's a knock on the uh, the quality, the design, no, not these or the days. drivability. Not these but, days at all. Uh, but it is uh, like EVs. It'll be unpopular in America. Yeah. One thing they could do is come back to F1. That would be sweet. That would be really cool. But unlikely. But, but they, terribly yeah, they, unlikely. They need to make they need to make some more cars. Um, anyway, yeah, that's I mean, old cool old brand. It's a shame they can't get it together. Yeah, but you're right. Lotus is a loser. All right, that's all we have time for this week. But we are going to record uh, another yes, one are. next week, right? Yes, we are. All right, I am looking forward to that, Hannah. Can't wait. Until then, I'll be following you. Uh, and likewise. On Instagram, what is your Hannah Elliott? It's Hannah Elliott XO. Uh, I'm Matt Miller, 1973. And what have you got coming up? So the 911 ST review finally came out today, so you can read that online at Bloomberg.com. And then next week, I'm going to have a recap of the best cars that I drove in all of 2023. So we can talk about those and and maybe some predictions for 2024. That's excellent. I'm Matt Miller. I'm Hannah Elliott. And this is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.